0: podcast ain't played nobody look um i don't want to break the fourth wall of internet audio but um we just recorded the s&p plus it's actually sunday yes i really hope that there's not like monumental news on monday because it's probably gonna happen i was supposed to be on vacation this week which i sort of still am we're recording this show now on sunday And it's weird because the Tuesday show is just dedicated to wrap up anyway, except that I think when we actually record the show, like we're supposed to on Tuesday, you get a better sense of what happened. Whereas now we just ate a buffet and decided to go jog. Like nothing (laughs) is settled.
1: Right. I mean, there are always some questions you get answered or some other opinions that you haven't heard or whatever, but you know, it's all good. So as we record, take a
0: trip. Uh, yeah, Yeah. I do have to take a trip. Uh, you know, as we record this, Texas is still back. Um, yeah,
1: obviously. Never gone, really.
0: Of course not. Um, I mean, Alabama, that's, the, you know, what we could do is just a whole show in Alabama because it's timeless. Seriously, <laughs> no, nothing is, would happen in any day, like in any frame of time where it would be outdated.
1: There, I will say, this is a different vintage. However, this is a team with a merely good defense that's a little bit on the glitchy side, which has to be driving Nick Saban crazy, um, even though a lot of those glitches are you know, committed by his backups because he's up, his teams are up 45 points five minutes in every week. But they are also the uh, – this really at this point might be the best offense in Alabama history um, – it's unbelievable. It's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, maybe that might, because they are so good, the offense gets no, the defense never gets any rest whatsoever, and maybe that's hel- uh, helping to drag their defensive ratings down a little bit.
0: It does feel like he's figured out how to complain where we don't completely roll our eyes at him because after the game he was doing the on-field. Um, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was Luganville um, after they beat up on Arkansas and very much expressed displeasure at the way the game ended for the defense. Yeah. Um and I get it. You're also talking about twos and threes in some instances, uh, but I do think he is still fundamentally afraid of that type of offense uh, <laughs> at a much, much higher caliber than year one at Arkansas. Uh, this Bielma. is what we have to do
1: to win. We have to score 50 <laughs> points reliably every single week. That's fine.
0: I do think he's still a little bit afraid of that. Um, I do think he's a little I, – I I think right now, God knows he'd never admit it. Certainly the fans are doing it anyway, as they always do. If you were to look across the landscape right now, I do think you'd take pause with Ohio State. And its I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion if they run into Ohio State right now. That's the one team right now that I think matches okay. somewhat well.
1: Cool. I mean, Clemson, I, I really, if the thing is that their defense is a little glitchier than normal, and it's not just the – the 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 murder machine that we're used to like the 2011 style 2016 style Alabama defense um then it, you know you, we can't immediately assume that a freshman quarterback in Lawrence at Clemson isn't going to find some advantages here and there and if they can score a little bit then we'll see but i mean I mean, there's just no question which team in the the country has had by far the fewest amount of glitches so far, and it's not even... I'm actually surprised at the S&P Plus rankings that they're only like three or three and a half points up on Clemson. I kind of just assumed over these last couple weeks that they would have built like a six or seven point advantage on the field.
0: If if they get matched with Clemson, Mm. it's the first year where you could legitimately say, well, they should just do what Syracuse does. Uh, talking about <laughs> Alabama's offense. And like they could and do it way better and probably install all that in like two weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no question. Um, Terrifying. And, and it is. Think about I, I do think like um, when somebody first floated this theory, like I mean, this is exactly the kind of thing I usually push back against. But the more I think about it, the more I think it's dead on. It's that, you know, the whole Kelly Bryant versus Trevor Lawrence thing. Um, Trevor Lawrence? Hunter Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. My God. Why am I losing my mind right now?
0: Trevor. Uh, who is Hunter Lawrence? Are you okay? Are you talking about Hunter Renfro?
1: <laughs>
0: Trevor uh, Lawrence?
1: Trevor Lawrence was a... Uh, uh, Hunter Lawrence was a kicker uh, for the for Texas, apparently.
0: Uh, I got to restart, Bill.
1: <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, anyway. Um, Start man.
0: menu, reset. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Yes, I am sure.
1: Uh, anywho, I do think that uh, the more I think about it, the more I think that... Part of the reason for that, for him deciding to go ahead and just go with Lawrence, even though Kelly Bryant was playing quite a bit better than he was last year, I think um, it was just the the pure upside involved. Like he he knew, even if it means more inconsistency or if it means more variance or whatever, you need upside to compete with Alabama this year. You need more than normal, it seems. Uh, so he went with the guy who might be able to provide it. And I mean, Lord knows they had they had plenty of upside on display play against Wake Forest on Saturday.
0: You want to talk about NC State? <laughs> Let's. Um, we mentioned it on the S and P Plus Recap Show that the absence of that West Virginia game really robs us of of good critical analysis. You would know right away. I think they would have lost, um, even though that game was at home. I think it would have been fairly close, I think but I do think they would have lost. And I think um, I don't think it would have changed a whole lot. Uh, but I do think we would know a little bit more about them, and then. I, we would have less of what we've got right now, which is like this really weird, pissed off thing of NC State fans coming at us. Um,
1: you coming at you? Why? Yeah, and why me? By
0: the way, I'm scrambling as we talked to. to uh, oh wait, he didn't use the #SPAP hashtag. That's another. That's another sin committed by this individual. Uh, yeah. this was what late he, last he night. He
1: did. Uh, we're we're laughing. He he admitted wrongdoing. Don't 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 like he did? his handle on the air or whatever. But yes,
0: he did. No, I'm not because I'm I'm honestly I'm really never gonna dog out. A, I'm not gonna come after the listeners. But okay, how about you guys have Joe on? I don't know who Joe's Joe. Oh oh, it's uh Ovies, Joe G. Uh, Gilio, oh, oh, he's Giglio. a sports so, writer. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. God, my bad, my I'm bad, I didn't... I mean, he just had him on first reference. I don't understand. How uh, about having him on to talk about the a- ACC and NC State? Well, one... Let me tell you right now. Nobody wants to talk about the ACC as a whole right now in any kind of isolated segment. And we do a lot. So, yeah. love the pod, but maybe you guys wouldn't give the verbal eye roll every time the Packer brought up. They are a top twenty and S&P Plus team, and they have not fully opened the playbook on offense. I don't know what that last part meant. Yeah. And so I just said, look, we don't give them the verbal eye roll. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, it doesn't NC State fit every check every box for for a a team we would we would slobber about.
1: I I I mean I enjoy I don't enjoy that's the wrong word but uh, I marvel at them because for all I talk about with with um like every single time Missouri loses a close game all the Mizzou fans are oh we're cursed we're cursed nothing good has ever happened to us and all that stuff. And and I always roll my eyes like, hey, I mean, you, you, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, twenty ten, two thousand seven, like Missouri's had a lot of really really good years recently. So stop feeling so damn sorry for yourself. Um, If there's a cursed program in major college football, just in terms of the talent they're able to bring in, the potential they've had at given times, and just the ever like the unending like no top ten finishes ever kind of thing. Um, it's it's NC state. And so I, 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 it is, I understand every bit of why they've got a chip on their shoulder because it almost does seem like the, 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 the football God kind of forgot about them. Um, like it's it's the highest they've ever finished is thirteenth uh, in the AP poll. Even with Philip Rivers, they had the one. Um, oh no, sorry, that was pretty. Sorry, sorry, eleventh. Uh, they finished eleventh in '74. They finished twelfth with with Philip Rivers in two thousand two. Philip Rivers, by the way, is 118 years old and still playing really good court, uh, football in the NFL. But he like they they've never had that one year where everything just fell into place and they made a run and they won the a c c and they finished uh, like number four in the country or whatever like not never mind never mind the playoff or whatever, just some random twelve win miracle run, and they've never had that um so I, that that always yeah that 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 fascinates me and I root for them to succeed um It has been hard to talk about them this year, however, because I, well I mean they played James Madison, Georgia State, Marshall, and Virginia so um, and I mean, they, they've handled that, uh, you know, to God, when my you phrase, say it like
0: that, it actually sounds worse. Well, uh, and I mean, Marshall's
1: and the problem is like Marshall's decent. Virgin is decent. J- James Madison is decent, but it wasn't, uh, so, like, it, well, I mean, if you just scrubbed this, out
0: the last 10 seconds of this podcast and then put it somewhere else, you'd be like, God, is this about lacrosse? Sorry, keep going.
1: Um, And then, so, but I mean, like Virginia's ranked in the 40s. Boston College is ranked in the 40s. They just handled that one. They tried to give that one away, by the way, and then they thought better of it. But yeah, they just haven't played. Like I watched a lot of the Boston College game and I got the impression, hey, this is a top 30 level team. Yep. And that's really all I got. Uh, they ran the ball. They seem to run the ball with more purpose than they have in previous years. Finley's still really good. Uh, the defense grades out like kind of better than last year's defense did without all those linemen. They, I mean, they, they seem to be putting it together. It's just hard to get a real impression of them, or it has been. But guess what? They're off this week. Then they get Clemson. I think we're going to learn. A, we're going to get an impression of them really quickly.
0: So we. I was getting this guy was 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 clapping at us last night on twitter and he's obviously a listener to the show and so it wasn't like he was coming it wasn't like an internet troll or a, a really a place of i would say pure aggression but it got me thinking there was another there was another listener who got mad over towards the end of the summer that we had not really ever talked about a&m um and this was i want to say august to give you an idea of kind of where the conversation is in the dead of summer i um You know, Bill has the ability to have something to say about every team in college football. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I mean, that's the analytics and and his consumption rate and everything. That's kind of, that's one of the things that makes the podcast, okay? Is that Bill is literally creating and absorbing information and analysis at a rate faster than even this podcast could keep up with. I am not. Okay. I am not even really a college football reporter so much anymore. Over the last year and a half, i made a television show. I'm working on longer features. Uh, by the time you hear this, I have a piece in the NBA preview for SB Nation. Um, one of the things early, early on, and I actually violated this, this rule that I'm about to tell you about a couple times, and I got caught a couple times, is don't if you don't know it, you don't have to say it. You don't have to, you don't have to fake it. It's like when we started this podcast, Bill had the ability to to rattle off things, whether he had had a more developed thought or not, or a, a, an actual opinion based on his work. I don't, and <laughs> I also defend that because here's why: the reason this podcast works is we are not going to lie, and we are going to tell you some. Sometimes the answer is there is no answer, and that's that's someone who literally developed a system of analytics telling you that, and that's someone who's worked as an investigative reporter telling you that. Okay. And in the case of like more of the a and thing this summer, yes, I could have talked a bunch of earmuffs. I could have, I could have given you a bunch of shit because that's what the guys and, and the friends of ours who do the three hour radio blocks and the satellite stuff. And like they only talk about 15 teams. Like they do that and they have to, because that's, that's what's they're They're told that's to the do audience.
1: that. Yeah. That's the audience. Well, they're
0: literally told like, Hey, like we joke, like Bill and I could do 25 minutes on Tulsa right now. <laughs> and it wouldn't change – it would not change the dem- – it wouldn't change the traffic or the stats on this podcast. That's rare, okay? But we aren't asked to bring in a million and a half people every day, like freaking, I don't know, Sirius or fine bomb or whatever. We can talk about whatever the hell we want. When it came – I'm I'm fixated on this A&M thing because we just got done recording the the Top 25 show where I said, hey, we kind of know about that defense, right? Like we know – we know Jimbo Fisher went in there, made a hell of a hire in Elko, and it's working to at least we know it's working to a degree by which you can compare it to the previous uh Sumlin years, right? We know that. Especially funny because you know Chavis has just went to another SEC job. I don't know much what I can say in August about Texas AM. I could lie to you and I could I could be full of shit, but I'm not gonna do that. Even Bill this summer, we sat around and we were like shit, we don't know. <laughs> it's he's bringing a completely different concept of offense to a program that is very unique and that it's sort of weirdly snake bit relative to the crazy amount of money they spend on things. And we don't know if this Fisher experiment is going to work because he still has to recruit top, top talent on defense to complement that kind of offense. And is he going to go like, totally pro style in texas that hasn't worked in you there's we can ask those questions but when people are like how right now gun to your head seven and five <laughs> dude i don't know man tune into a gambling podcast because i hate that stuff i hate that stuff when people are like man i was six and three against the spread last week you should listen to me i was like bitch you were wrong three times why should i listen to you
1: hey hey, 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 hey. that's one of my calling cards is you know
0: oh what the S P plus versus the spread
1: I mean, it's probably not one of my calling cards, so to speak. But uh, but that's also know, why we, we don't get picks anyway. on
0: this show. I can tell you right now, I will randomly pull something out of my ass on when I do radio spots with some of my friends on their shows, and so and I, I'm I'm decent, I'm decent, but I'm not perfect. Do y'all want us to do that? I, I'm 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 not 110 percent dedicated not to being combative, but those of you who get really passionate, I get it. I'm the guy who literally goes on Twitter and and screams at Bill Barnwell about ESPN's NFC East media <laughs> bias. So look, I only recognize you're crazy because I have the same I have the same strain in a different in a different sport. Okay, so I get it. But I'm never gonna lie. And now, as far as the being uh, like patronizing or dismissive of NC State, you haven't played anybody. The best team on your schedule for the first half of it, you got washed out literally by a hurricane. And I'm sorry. Okay. Second, don't come at me with that undefeated shit when that's your when that's your schedule. Third, we love those teams. We love those teams. Also, and here's the funniest thing: is I was reading this on Twitter, and I'm like, if this guy really does listen to the show, and he really is fired up. Doesn't he get it? Doesn't he share in sort of our view of NC State where Bill always points out, look at all this freaking talent they have. Like just go through and look at their NFL talent, let alone. And then and where is that translated? What, what? Why? I don't get it. Does he, d- does he really feel like they're a sleeping giant? I want to know. I know Dave Dornan went out and interviewed for three jobs last year, and he <laughs> didn't get any of them for different for three very different reasons, and so he leveraged Debbie Yao into a better contract. It's a weird place. I have a friend, if you listen to any type of this genre of music, like Americana, Roots, Alt Country, whatever the hell the dads call it these days, like if you listen to Jason Isbell or, or Wilco, uh, a friend of mine named uh, uh, BJ, he's in a band called American Aquarium. He's lead singer. And he is a diehard NC State fan. And when I see him like once every year and a half, I, I saw him this summer because he was playing Nashville and a friend of mine went and we were sitting on his tour bus and I'm, I went, I'm asking questions about the recording industry and, and like how crazy tour riders and stuff work because I'm interested. And all he wanted to do, all we did for 40 minutes or whatever before the show was talk about NC State football. It's all <laughs> we did. So it's not like I hate NC State. I don't. I don't have... Anything against NC State. And so here's the last thing I thought about this, and then I'll get off the ran. (laughs) I I was sitting here thinking, I was like, man, he really, he's either missed the boat or we failed to do this. Because we get this sometime where people are just like, hey, you haven't talked about my team, and I hate that. That's why we do the charity drive, too. That's why we do the charity drive, is because we're like, hey, if we've missed something or you really want to hear Bill talk about the weirdest little niche thing, point us in that direction. I walked inside. I was outside looking at my phone. I walked inside, and I, I looked up, and I was like, Damn. Colorado's undefeated. Nobody's (laughs) screaming at us about that. (laughs) I need a Colorado. I need, if if there's a Colorado fan out there right now that listens to the show, I want to know. Nobody's yelled about Colorado being undefeated and us not recognizing that. By the way, those of you driving in your car right now who consider yourselves college football fans, you don't have to tell me, but I know a lot of you didn't know that. (laughs) I know a lot of you that listen to this show didn't know that Colorado hasn't lost a football game we're never snide about teams except Notre Dame.
1: I was about to say we're snide, but it's about the good teams.
0: We need we really do need to set the table on this because we're not full cast, where everything's absurdist and we're certainly not ESPN or any one of the traditional services. The memes are as follows. The guy runs him go blog as an asshole and I engage him on on pay for play. And he thinks I have some, he's one of the people that think I'm on Ole Miss's payroll vis-a-vis the sec or something. I don't hold that against Michigan fans at all. Michigan fans are also every time anybody at SB nation does a charity drive, Michigan fans just like, here, take this money out of my pocket. Okay. Uh, we make fun of Notre Dame. We don't dislike Notre Dame. Bill and I have, I married a Catholic man. I got more Notre Dame than I want in my life. Um, that's, that's a meme. It's a joke. It's one that's p- poorly explained in the context of when we don't have jokes about any other team. And then, of course, we're in the bag for, what, Mississippi State because of Joe Moorhead. <laughs> and then that works on a meta level because it's ironic because people, they'll Miss thing. And then Tulane, Willie Fritz, of course. Who else are we in the bag for?
1: Well, basically any good mid-major as well um, from year to year.
0: Oh, uh, uh, triple teams, triples. So so yeah. the, uh, the academies and, and, and tech and Georgia Southern. Um, I did legitimately grow up a Georgia Southern fan and I do like it when they win. And that's the only team in college football say that about. Oh, uh the uh, uh, PAPN bull. Our Reddit guys are screaming at me right now, right? New Mexico State and Wyoming. Is there, are there any other partisan memes that we have going? Or anti? I can't think of any by the team. <laughs> but I tell you what I am going to do because I'm petty. Extremely Uh-oh. petty. And when people draw me out, I don't let it go. It's a bad habit. I'm the biggest Wolfpack fan in america if you win the acc i'll get a Wolfpack tattoo where's my guy at i, I close the browser window you go win the acc this year i'm gonna go get a because they have a they actually has a bunch of cool logos yeah. and i can reserve it. it can be anything it can be the interlocking diamond shaped one and it can also be the um the like old school cartoony wolf with the hat on. <laughs> that's the, that's always
1: the old school one. The cartoony ones are always my favorite. That's my favorite Mizzou logo. That's my favorite, like everything logo.
0: I lost my train of thought. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the point is this. I personally think Colorado is not a good school because no one has screamed at us online about them yet.
1: I personally think Boulder is amazing. So I will never ever. Yeah, say no,
0: that. it really is. It's a, it's a beautiful place. And as much as we do love this sport, it, I I wouldn't fault anybody. It was like, yeah, I went to Colorado and I only went to five home. You know, I get it, dude. I get it. I don't care if you're two and 10 or 10 and two. It's a beautiful place. It's Very hard. Bill, let's do some questions. <laughs> that sounds great. Ah, Pensacola season's almost over. Yeah, seriously. It's tough. It's tough. But, I lie.
1: mean, you're drinking insecticide or whatever, so.
0: I'm drinking insecticide. Well, wasn't that the thing that came
1: out? Oh, the LaCroix? La yeah, yeah, whatever.
0: Fake news. Um, hey, you know what? Let's keep it going. One Swell Foop asks, did ASU versus Colorado just further the mystery for both teams? A big win in either direction would have solidified my view of the winner, but essentially even matchup leaves me guessing.
1: Well, I mean... We- they're both like borderline top 40 50 teams like of course they played a close game i think it solidified my view of them being borderline top 40 or 50 teams but of course it was a very good win for colorado because somebody has to win the pac 12 south this year and i have no idea who that's going to be yet
0: okay um let's go all right let's just go right to it chris conrad if notre Dame makes the playoffs do three plus conferences get left out
1: (laughs) I will that's fun. it's like I never liked this argument but that has been the nails on the chalkboard thing for me this off, uh, this whole season so far is every single time there is a result the ACC might get left out the Big 12 might get left out like uh, teams get left out and teams make it and and so I always I found myself really really pushing back like almost to a ridiculous and unhelpful level about that uh with the, with that narrative. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, I mean, just do the math. If Notre Dame gets in, that only leaves three spots for other conferences. So, um, if I guess the, the assumption here is like Alabama and Georgia make it and Notre Dame makes it that only leaves one more. And so three get left out. It's on the table. Sure. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting here because now you've got five teams, um, who like Georgia still has a lot of work to do in terms of the number of good, like top 20 caliber teams they face and Alabama, um, I, I, whatever. I can't worry about Alabama, but, um, like, uh, but, but Ohio state's slate now that they're past Penn state, they obviously have to get past Michigan. Um, but their their slate looks extremely manageable. Clemson's looks extremely manageable. Notre Dame's looks extremely manageable. And of course Alabama's looks extremely manageable because they're Alabama. Um, somebody's going to lose, but it really is starting to get a little harder to figure out where those losses are going to happen. Um, which again, thank God we spend time talking about the NC States of the world then, because this would be boring as hell. If, as I've already said, if we had to talk about those same five teams, cause there's nothing new to say about
0: them. Shout out to Chris Conrad. Cause I can tell he, he typed this on his phone because Noter got corrected to Norte. That's, oh, happened. Man. that's happened. Yep. That's happened to me. It's happened. Why don't you do something about that? Cupertino. Just makes $1,000 iPhone Xs. That's all I'm saying. We had a lot of Pac-12 questions. We're going to keep them going. At Side Out Par asks, who in the Pac-12 is good? Washington, Oregon, (laughs) Stanford, USC, Wazoo, Colorado. Um, Before Bill gives the right answer, uh, Washington? Yes. Okay.
1: Well, what are we talking about with good? Like... Uh, like top like potential top 10 team potential top 20 like what's context the... is
0: king because five and oh colorado is five and oh colorado is five and oh colorado and they didn't they, we did not think they were going like people talking about that dude's job about mcintyre's well, job justifi- justifiably he, he i know no no, no i'm just thing. saying like yeah. he was a hot seat guy uh, like a month and a half ago
1: yeah he, he did a gross thing at the end of 2016 and then had a bad 2017 that'll put you on the hot seat um well, I mean, man, I don't know. I, I still think Oregon's going to end up doing really well this season. I, I have less proof of that than I kind of hope to have at this point in the season, but I think they're fine. Washington state's actually been better than, than it <laughs> had been better than I thought. And I was the one who saying he wasn't going to get fired this year, but they've been um, a really good version of Washington state. I think Gardner Minshew getting him via um, grad transfer was a, well, I, I don't know what else they have, but it didn't really seem like they had anything. Uh, and he came in and really steadied things after a a dramatically unsteady off season. Um, so, I mean, good for him to that, but I don't think, I don't think Oregon's a top 15 team. I don't think Washington state's a top 20 or 25 team. They're just, they're solid. So yes, in terms of known good teams, there's Washington, <laughs> uh, USC could still has time to turn into one, you know, freshman teams with freshman quarterbacks can grow into themselves a little bit. Uh, really not sure after that.
0: Um, one more pack 12, uh, Nicholas asks: Five years ago, the Pac-12 was pushing the SEC for the title of strongest conference. Now, only the weakness of the ACC keeps us from being the worst. What do you think is behind this? The talent level is declining, or the random—excuse me—random <laughs> variation.
1: Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. I mean, it, like they—they—they—they they, they, they rose to about second overall because they made a lot of good hires, and then some of those h- hires stopped being good. Um, I, <laughs> you know, and so I mean, now you're basically waiting on a good cycle for Stanford because they kind of go between like top ten level and top twenty five or thirty level. You're waiting for Oregon to become Oregon again. You're waiting for USC to become USC again.
0: But uh, a lot of those hires didn't pan out, and they were. What was weird was nobody. <laughs> they, they slowly didn't pan out well right I I mean, and say. that
1: happens a lot like if a job is of a certain degree of difficulty it'll kind of you over slowly right. over time even if you're doing it well for a while
0: people were touting the the rich rods of the world yeah and the and the todd, <laughs> todd grahams of the world yeah. and the you know mcintyre was a sleeper hit for them um but oh, yeah I loved, the, that. That. I
1: loved that hire when they made it
0: sunny dykes at cal i mean that was one where it was supposed to you know it was supposed to be a thing and it was not um but they also took a long time chester asks let's just 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 let me finish the question okay i, I see it already i see it why I, does I, bill I... continue to talk about the nfl when <laughs> a is papn fans don't want to hear it b was well, co-host does B, NFL fans rip him for, quote, not watching the games, end quote, and saying he doesn't know what he's talking about. Also, when will you guys do a live show for the fans? (laughs) All right. I'm going to put you on the clock to Mm -hmm. yell at this person, and then I'm going to say live show TBD? Yeah, live show TBD. Live show TBD. We hear you. We're working on it.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, first of all, I mean, the the most direct answer is, why do I keep talking about the NFL? Because at the moment, I'm paid to. Um, That's... <laughs> That's a thing. I mean, so let's not pretend otherwise. And I I'm enjoying it because it like, among other things, the whole football is football ethos that I've been pushing really hard that nobody is adopting but should is true. Um the more NFL I watch, the more I realize like it's just the freaking same game. And like people need to get over it. And part of that is because things have developed this year, I understand. It's not like you know, the, all the stuff about generic offenses and not taking risks that those barriers have started to come down this year. So I chose a really good time to get aboard. Um, but yes, I'm going to talk about it because I'm enjoying kind of rediscovering certain aspects of, of a league. I pretty much did paid no attention to for five or 10 years or minimal attention. And uh, by the way, and as far as B NFL fans rip him for not watching games, a um, college fans do that too more than NFL fans B I will say there was like this weird paternal thing that showed up last week when I started mentioning how Tennessee was, um, we'll say a shaky three and one, um, like based on like, you know, the, the statistically Titans, they, not the balls.
0: Huh? The Titans, not the balls.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, this is an NFL podcast. So of course I'm talking about the, the Titans. Um, but like I, you know they're three and one on paper i basically wrote that they were basically playing like a one and three team and that they would have a chance to improve as mariota came back and there are no take backs if you go 500 the rest of the way you can finish nine and seven et cetera, et cetera. um a piece i've written you know a lot on the college side i got to write it uh, on the pro side and that was all fine but the, the responses were weird like there's this weird kind of it wasn't yelling. Watch the games, nerd. It was basically, I'm so disappointed in you. I can't believe you would fall for that kind of. You're you're the, the same kind of talking points that everybody else. The conventional wisdom is wrong, and you're you're just spouting it like you don't. you, you just you need to do your job better and all this. It was really interesting.
0: Actual, if you found an actual Tennessee Titans fan, you're probably being doxxed by somebody like data mining from Jakarta. I I found many. Uh, Tennessee Titans yeah. fans uh, uh-huh. who
1: were willing to t- express their disappointment at me as if I was their son.
0: My favorite move is always pulling up at like the Publix or the Whole Foods or whatever on Sunday, and you're walking through the parking lot and you see the little wraparounds on the on the car tags in Nashville, and it says Titans season ticket holder. And I check my phone, and I'm like, Yep, they're playing right now. <laughs> <sighs> what are you doing at Publix? Uh, maybe it'll be different this year, but I, I kind of doubt it.
1: Mm, I don't think so
0: no um hey speaking of utah state who we talked about in the s&p plus recapture because uh, yeah. they're at number 25 what would be the ideal p5 landing spot for matt wells um i don't have one two pints jp um i can't think of one necessarily there's not um, one that stands
1: out stylistically because his his style has proven to be very adaptable
0: <laughs> um west coast is kind of weird this year Mm-hmm. Um, if you end up, if you if you follow that by the way, a lot of people do, which is that um, I, I think we've talked about this, but it's been a while, so we'll talk about it again. Um, coaches are fluid uh, in geography. Some coaches are Texans or Floridians or Californians or whatever, and you know, particularly good football states. And obviously, a guy like Kirby, he goes home alma mater. Da, da, da. But by and large. There's a fluidity there. So if the talent's good and the location's good and and you start kind of from a distance eyeing up some of these jobs and you're like, oh, I mean, you can win there, get the money there, boosters there, right? It doesn't really matter. Then there's the West Coast, which sort of does. I don't know why exactly, uh, but you have, it's always just been described to me this way by other coaches. And I, I'm talking specifically about your journeymen's, your... Offensive assistants, not not really like a particular coordinator you've ever heard of, but the guys who gossip the most are just sort of your journeyman linebackers coach, running backs coach, tight ends coach, you know, recruiting guy, whatever, um, because they need to stay in the know because they're constantly looking for jobs because this it is a buzzsaw of an industry. So they always describe it to me as like, yeah, you got West Coast guys. He's a West Coast guy. And I don't know if that's like, you know, in some cases it's more like he's laid back mentality. He, he and his family. Don't want the pressure cooker attention to the Southeastern Conference. Like, you get that sometimes. And then you get the people who are just like, uh, you know, he wants to do something maybe a little bit more unique or weird, or he wants to bring all of his guys. And they, it's always predicated in this, like, you can kind of do it, you can get away with more stuff and not be under as much scrutiny and pressure if you go out west. That to me is a generalization. I think it's job to job because obviously mm. you're going to be under a ton of pressure and scrutiny at Oregon and USC and um, a lot of those jobs. But so for Matt Wells, who, it, that's his alma mater, I believe. Yeah. It is? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his alma mater. So, and he, when Anderson left, he took over, but yes. he was on that staff. So he hasn't, there's not like a tree that he really jumps around. Um, yeah, he's,
1: all, he's, he's off the Steve Cragthorpe tree. <laughs> right.
0: Um, which is funny that you mentioned that because Louisville might open if they want to get stupid with the money. I don't know if they're in a position to get stupid with the money with the Papa John scenario and everything else, but Louisville, um, to me, doesn't jump out. As far as the on-field stuff, I think he'd be great, but there's a lot of, you know... I think this is part of the retention, by the way, of who's a West Coast guy and who's a guy who can go anywhere from, yeah. you know, Texas to Massachusetts. Is West Coast guys recruit particular kinds of guys, uh, or they're they're able to go into America Samoa or Hawaii? I know Tua, I get it, but it's it's the exception not the rule. Um, so, I don't know if there's like a West Coast job that I immediately like, kind of snap my fingers at. Unless I'm missing something,
1: no, I mean, a lot of the West Coast teams just made hires too, so I mean, not, not what's a whole funny of is
0: life. I know he was coming off of a bad year, Bill, but he would have been a really good hire at Oregon State,
1: yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, he wasn't a candidate because you can't, um, hey, he's signed 16 the last two years at Utah State, but he's really unlucky, he's gonna do great here, um, uh, yeah, you obviously can't do that, but um, it's the Chiswick
0: move, right? Auburn did it, still, sure. my mind, to hey, this. hey
1: um, no, his – his. I mean, yes, he's a West Coast guy in that – or Western, I guess we should say. Utah is not West Coast. But um, he's a Western guy in that he went to Utah State. But um – First of all, like he, he's a, he's a, he's a branch on the Steve Cragthorpe tree and the Charlie Weatherby tree because he played for Weatherby at Utah State. His first uh, coaching job was in '97 as um, as an assistant at Navy for Weatherby. Then he goes to Tulsa, plays for Cragthorpe or coaches for Cragthorpe. Uh, goes to New Mexico for a couple of years under I believe that was Rocky Long, and then goes to Louisville to be Cragthorpe's quarterbacks coach in 09. Uh, Then back to New Mexico for another year, and then finally lands at New Mexico at, at Utah State. In 2011, uh, becomes OC in 2012, becomes head coach in in 2013. So he really wasn't like there. There weren't a lot of standout teams that he was involved in until that 2012 Utah State team exploded. Um, so I mean, he's got a, like a, a lot of pieces on that on that uh, uh, resume are very much not west. So it, I mean, it's not like he only knows the West Coast or anything. I yeah, but yeah, he he doesn't have a, a specific style that he's obviously good at these things, and that'll that'll you know the The fan base will respond well to it. He's just uh, if he if he gets a better head coaching job, it's just because he's a good head coach.
0: Uh, it's weird. Um, I think also at a job like Utah State, you could probably jump to a high level AAC job
1: or Wisconsin. Apparently,
0: mm, yeah. I didn't think about <laughs> just that. just
1: the ones though.
0: Yeah, that's not that's not going to happen again. <laughs> that's definitely not going to happen again um yeah so again no answer there because i think honestly maybe you it, it is his i mean it's his alma mater and if the perfect job doesn't open hang tight man when you know win some games get a little bit more national buzz two or three more years maybe one or two i don't know i don't seem like he. look here, i will say this coaches are mercenaries no doubt and you got to leave when the train's going if it's the right train, but mm. I do think he owes a little bit to Utah State in this regard because they were really patient with him. Right. They knew he was a good coach, they, and they did the right thing. But well, you know,
1: yeah, I they, mean, yeah, maybe I that'll
0: factor. Maybe,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, if a P five job comes after him he's not gonna go well no i gotta wait a year because they were loyal to me he's gonna take the job and he should uh and he'll still leave utah state in a better position than it was the year before so um I mean, they'll they'll benefit in that way too
0: well um, let's do this one really fast because we are bordering on a lot of utah state information here. Uh, <laughs> mason moore wants to know how legit usu shot at the conference title is seems that boise is mortal and the aggies keep rolling um it's alive, but I wouldn't worry so much about Boise as I would San Diego and Hawaii. And-
1: well, um, I mean, obviously, you got to win the division first, so that's why Boise is kind of the first hurdle. But, uh, I mean, Boise just – among other things, without talking about quality, because Boise State is a little more debatable than it seemed like it was about three weeks ago um, – Boise state just lost a conference game. And that's, that, that alone is big. You're in a very yes. good position now, um, to, you know, carry forward with, uh, you know, you, you've already beaten, well, I mean, you've beaten a BYU team that's still better than about half the damn conference at least. Uh, and now you're in a position where you get UNLV, uh, that just, man, my boy, my boy Sanchez, um, lost his starting quarterback and got shellacked by New Mexico at home. That's, bad uh unlv at wyoming new mexico at hawaii san jose state and at colorado state before before you go to boise state on november 24th um every single one of those games is winnable now obviously you whether you win them or not or you you can really even drop one uh, as long as you win at boise but unless boise loses again then it's going to come down to that game no matter what i guess but no that's it's all I can say is it's, it's a hell of a lot more conceivable than it was about three weeks ago. Um, Boise was looking like a damn top 10 team, and now they're just looking like another, like, solid, good, good Mountain West team that's gonna probably still have a very good chance to win the conference.
0: Uh, I got one, been, okay. Oh, you got one, okay. I, I, I had one go, go, go. I
1: opened up the Reddit. Um, uh, let's see what is this guy's name, McAdoo182813 uh does bobby petrino i am starting to become fascinated by this does bobby petrino ever coach college football after this season is Brom the best option to replace him or should louisville open the coach search up a bit more go cards fire bobby
0: um i think, bro, I think you you do a national search because you always have to do your due diligence but I, I do think that he is the answer i think
1: he would be a very good answer yes i and i feel bad too because um I, think I, was, I always, I always accepted the thought of him basically like when Bobby leaves that they'd go after Brom and get him, but I, st- I thought that um, that would happen after he led a couple more good seasons at Purdue first, um, and. You know, look. Even if he leaves
0: Purdue this year, I think Purdue's in a much better place. Well, sure.
1: I just, you know, they they didn't necessarily get to fully benefit. They, I mean, they had the fun season last year, but it wasn't quite as good as we thought it was going to be mid season. And then this year they dropped the three super super close games to start the year, and now they're playing catch up again. Um, So there wasn't, you know, if he does leave after this year, they didn't get that one like dramatic breakthrough 10 win season they just got a they, they got a stair step kind of we're better than we were before higher instead which is good but it, it you know you didn't have that that visceral uh, you know season where everything seemed to break just right but but the bobby petrino it really like as i i will say i was right and you were wrong about mike leach i was not right about bobby petrino um i just uh
0: whew. i didn't like, think I, it was going to be this year i thought it was going to be a slower decline.
1: I, yeah, And, I mean, obviously the, the Brian Van Gorder thing was a was a red flag, not just because he hired Brian Van Gorder to run his defense, but because it, it really seemed like from people who would know these things that, like, that's all he could hire. Nobody else would – nobody else uh, – I'm sure he could have gone real young with some up-and-comer or whatever, but it, it like, really just seemed like, well, this is my choice because I – this is my choice. I don't really have a lot of options here, and that, that should have been a bad sign.
0: But I I've just, seen Van Gorder run – he has, like, the EGOT – of shitty defense like I've seen it when Georgia Southern wasn't even in the FBS I've seen it when he was DC for the Atlanta Falcons in the playoffs and just in general I've seen it at Louisville, I've seen it at Mississippi State, I've seen it at, or not Mississippi State, sorry, I've seen it at Louisville, I've seen it at Auburn that's what I was thinking of like, this dude just gets jobs, this guy was a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame (laughs) he he was I mean, fail upward my man There's nothing more American.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Scott Loeffler was the same way, and then he kind of led a a mini uh, renaissance for Boston College this last year and a half, although they are the returns, they are diminishing uh, for Boston College this year.
0: That's right. Scott Loeffler still employed, Boston College.
1: But, no, it really did seem like it wasn't necessarily um, him thinking, this is the man who can bring me to glory defensively. It was just basically like, well, of the options – This looks like who I have to choose. That should have been more of a red flag, but I just thought... Like, well, I mean, the, the premise of my Louisville preview is basically like, you know, yeah, he he just lost an amazing player in Lamar Jackson. He's also never had a bad offense before. Like, never had a bad offense before. He's always figured out a way to, to create a good offense. They are 103rd in offensive S P Plus right now. So I just, I don't bet against long-term trends like that. I figured he'd figure out a way to get them to a, like at least like a top 40 or 50 level offensively. And they've just, they bottomed. They've, they've completely bottomed out. <laughs>
0: Uh kind of a media question here, but Taylor Smith asks, I'm just curious what you think. Have Johnson and Klatt cemented themselves as the premier big game announcing duo across networks? I really like Fowler, but those broadcasts are a little eh to me. Um I don't think they have only because Fox's inventory doesn't compare yeah, to the yeah. And so you don't get those you don't get the chances. Um I go I back and lo- forth on Gus a lot. Oh yeah, I'm not I like Gus. I met him He's a super nice guy. He's not my favorite I, I mean i i know like the internet we're supposed to love the hollering but you know i'm gonna be honest with you though, the thing is like fowler i've interviewed for stories before and seen him at different events and stuff and like super nice guy i'm getting to the point where i really do wish every game that i'm locked in what you are gonna know, watch completely has uh one of those espn coaches film room things i just might i, might <laughs> I, I just know. really would depending on unless there's like some horribly just dumb or or you know Overly jargon riddled coach in there, but I thought that they had a pretty decent mix during VTech FSU on Labor Day night. Like, I would rather that.
1: Yeah. I just, I, I
0: zone it out, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, with, with Gus, there is, there are a couple times per game where he, he just gets into a sentence that just like really, really, that I really enjoy, you know? But it, it I don't want to say it feels artificial, but I think I've just, we've seen him so much now that, it's like, I almost have this feeling of like, come on, dude, you can't be actually be that excited about that exact thing where you've, you've seen more exciting things than that. And, and, I don't know, it becomes like a little meta thing to me or something, but um, but he's still good. And Clat will boldly say something that I dramatically disagree with. He will boldly and confidently say something that I think is untrue from time to time. Um, but he still enjoys himself. And that's, that really, as I always say, like the number one thing from that I want from announcers is just act like you're happy to be there. And they do that. So they are definitely a good team. I just, like, I, I don't always love, I, yeah, there are probably other teams I like more.
0: Uh, let's see here. Oh, I want to go back to this one. Um, of course I want to go back to this one. Ben Whitehead asks, when does the Sunbelt start getting national respect and shed the image of being the FCS upstart conference? Well, I don't think it has that image, but I do think, and Ben's a Troy fan from his avatar photo. Um, I think, um, you need to have the... App State Michigan moment happen again, but for a team that's also built like Boise, and that just hasn't those things haven't lined up for y'all yet. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You gotta you gotta beat like a top ten team one year, and then that team that beats the top ten team needs to go eleven and one.
1: And really, I hate to like always play the semantics game, but what are we talking about with national respect? Like get treated like the AAC? Because I mean, if, if that's the case, you got to start making the year's six bowl games and winning them. I mean. Like, you, Sunbelt belt is is in any given year between the eighth, ninth, and tenth best conferences in 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 Fbs of ten. Um, and some years they really do put together a few really impressive teams And Appalachian State. God, they're freaking breaking my numbers. Um, but like what are we I don't know like what what are we talking about in terms of respect? There are a lot of bad teams in the Sunbelt too. That was a bad answer. I don't like that answer. No, 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 no. I, I, but I don't know. I don't have a better answer. So that's what I'm going with.
0: I don't have an I, I don't know if there's a ceiling. I mean, I, it, there's so many more advantages for those AAC teams. Um, it, but I don't know if you're ever going to get the fun belt being the dominant conference. But I definitely think they can get a. Uh, I think they can have a moment per program per you know one or two one or two programs ride out like a big kind of year or two wave as a, as a power G5. Let's start there. Let's start right. there yeah, yeah, yeah. before we do anything else. Well, let's about start that? with
1: Appalachian State making the NY6 and winning this year. That's That'd be yeah. lovely because they have a chance at it. But, you know, you got to root against uh, Central Florida for that to happen. And I do not recommend openly rooting against uh, Central Florida. It will not work out well for you online.
0: Uh, Jack Gambrellington. Um, okay. That SEC upper middle class. And he has a little eye emoji. Other than Bama, UGA, and... What? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. This this question. Okay. I gotta read it out so you guys can understand why I just paused. That SEC upper middle oh, class. Okay. I, I think I he goes other saying. than Bama, UGA, and UT.
1: No. no then read the next one. Uh, Bama and UGA Ole at the Mi- top. UT, Ole
0: Miss, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. Uh, Jackie, I work on your syntax, my bud. uh Bama and UGA. Then UT, Ole Miss, Vandy, Arkansas. Are there any teams in the three to ten range who couldn't beat each other? Is this in an any given Saturday parody? Uh, a sneak peek of what's to come after the Sabin hegemony. Game. <laughs> yeah,
1: we wish, don't we? Um,
0: uh, I, yeah, I think so. I do. He said, "Cause man, this is fun." Um, yeah, I think you'll like, see. I think you'll see um, Arkansas be the first team out of that basement that you just mentioned of Tennessee, Ole Miss, Vandy, and Arkansas. I'm less sure.
1: I'm less sure about that now, but possibly, yeah. <sighs>
0: Over the next four years, I would say Tennessee or Arkansas. I do yeah. think Ole Miss will be back eventually to a, to a seven or eight win kind of thing. And then you'll see like a South Carolina, Mississippi State. I mean, you know, you play it out over time. You're going to regress back to the mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I no, I, you've got Georgia alone in this question, Jack, and I think they could totally lose this weekend.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, right LSU, now – The Kirby Smart Death Star obviously has to be monitored. And then whoever Alabama hires after Saban, that has to be monitored. They'll have a chance to to kind of still be the dominant force. But, yeah, right now, outside of those two in S&P Plus – You've got Florida at fourteen, Mississippi State at fifteen, Texas A&M at seventeen, Auburn at eighteen, LSU at nineteen, uh, Mizzou at twenty-three, Kentucky at twenty-four. So that's what three, four, like what? Yeah, but it feels are those? like it's always three, been four, this fluid. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I mean it, it has. Um, like it's it's always been a high, well, it's a high quality conference. You you have a couple national title contenders and a whole bunch of top twenty-five level teams. That's that's what good conferences have, and so. Um, but, no, it, it is an interesting thought. If if the Kirby Smart Death Star isn't fully operational, if, if Alabama falls back at all after Saban, uh, then you have a situation where you've just got a whole bunch of top 20 teams thinking they have a yeah. shot at the SEC title at the beginning of the year. That sounds fantastic.
0: I kind of – I mean, I, I like it. I don't, I don't I, I, if, if you're an Auburn fan right now you don't like it or you know you're a South Carolina fan trying to kind of permanently change your piece of real estate other than that like no the fluidity and the up and down part it's it's great I mean it's fun you know, the only thing it's missing is is you just take the top off and you don't have as sure a thing at the very top <clears> and then you really get dynamic and interesting uh, Mark walkers Walters uh, love your pins love your Penn state segment last week with LSU, Auburn, Kentucky, and Oklahoma losing. Uh, that had to be a big weekend for Penn state's college football playoff chances. Yeah. It will obviously take a lot more to help, but yes. how do you see this weekend playing a part? I like the idea of optimist. Um, I, I like the idea cause the world's been ending for a lot of damn people this year. So I like the idea of somebody saying, you know what? I'm dust myself off. We still got a shot at this thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, you probably don't, but it's okay. Yeah, you you still need more breaks. But, um, I mean, the answer here for Penn State is obviously very, very simple. No matter what happens with Ohio State, win out. Um, And at worst, you'll be in a situation where you're sixth and and ruin that one play from Ohio State. Um, But, yeah, just win out, and we'll talk, and they've got a chance to do that. Michigan obviously has looked very good uh, since that week one uh game against notre, notre dame but you and obviously you get them and then you have to return home to play wisconsin at home that's hard you got to play michigan state this weekend michigan state seems to just always be one of those teams that save something in reserve for the best teams on the schedule so they're gonna be they could be tricky uh yeah just went out and at worst at worst we're talking about like a you know you you went 11 and one and went to your third straight uh new year's six bowl like that's that that's not a bad fate in life, but you'll need a few more breaks. If you want to be in the top four,
0: I can hear the sadness in your Missouri fan voice. Oh yeah. I can hear it. Um, you guys wanted in this bit. Well, you guys wanted it in the big 10, but this is where you ended up. This is the correct joke there. Um, Bill, I, I keep an eye on temple, but, uh, Two Punch JP again. He says, "Is there more schizophrenic team this year than Temple? Is there any reason for their massive inconsistency? Has it been inconsistency, or has it has just been I, another?" I just think it's quality opponent, right? Well, no. I think Other than just... the Villanova loss,
1: no, I think it was just that you know second straight year they've done this where they flip a switch basically, and it takes them a little ways into the season to figure things out. And once they get the pieces in the right place, they're good. Because I mean, it's not like they've been great, terrible, great, terrible. It's more that they've been terrible and then great. Right. I mean, just the one like Villanova, they lose to Buffalo by a touchdown, which isn't that terrible a game, but whatever. And since then, um, 35-14 35-14 over Maryland, 31-17 over Tulsa. They lost to Boston College, but it was a very good game. So I mean, they played well in it. Uh, they just didn't play well enough. And then they crushed East Carolina. It just sounds like they're now playing like a top 40 or 50 team. Whereas the first two weeks of the year they didn't. Um, as I joked on, I think on one of my numericals, uh, that's that's good. That's second. That's good coaching adjustments, right? Last uh, last year, last year he didn't think to flip the switch until October. Now he flipped it in September. Next year he'll flip it in August. Um, no, they're, they're just they started off bad and now they're a good team that, that reminds me by the way one of the things I want to I think I think as analytics start to catch on a little bit more in football my attention starts to to drift a little bit because I like I've got that little hipster urge and I mean like okay well that's if everybody's talking about fourth downs and I want to talk about something different um and I've started to Like the talent evaluation thing really has me interested, but I I started, I've started to gravitate towards this topic. I want to tackle this and I don't know how yet, but I'm going to try. You have like an eight to nine month off season in college football and so many coaches hit the ground running in week one, having absolutely no idea what they've got. And it takes them like, um, well, I mean, again, with Jeff Collins, like, It seems like, you know, that you choose the wrong quarterback, you choose the wrong receivers, you choose this, you choose that. You have nine months to make these decisions and then you find out all of them were wrong and you have to improvise. And sometimes when you improvise, everything's great, but you've already lost three games or something. Um, it's just fascinating to me like how long the off season is to come up with no answers. So that's, that's where I've started to try to figure it. Like, how can I tackle a topic, especially from an analytics perspective, like from a player development, like how can you make better decisions? Uh, how, how can you develop your players better? The, not only develop them better in the off season, but then understand what you've got before they actually play, uh, you know, uh, in real games against real teams.
0: Good luck. Yeah. And if you if you get down the road on that, let me know so we can quit immediately and start a consulting yeah. firm. Yeah, no, it sounds like it's uh, you know, the
1: this one trick will you
0: know, you know, we could make some money off that. One more, you pick it.
1: Let's see, I just hopped back over to the Reddit because I feel like we've neglected Reddit and I feel bad. Um Yeah, this is actually this one, um we've 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 talked about this a little bit, but uh Slade Wilson. What would a rematch of Notre Dame look like? Um, Notre Dame, Michigan look like today? <laughs> Um, with Stanford flailing and Virginia tech's roster depleted by everything under the sun, Michigan looks like Notre Dame's best win. Should they run the table and finish 11 one? Well, yeah, uh, obviously book has made the Notre Dame offense far better, but Michigan had the better post game win expectancy from the matchup and their offense appears to be less confused and more competent. Yeah, no, I mean, this is when those two teams played, they both basically played like top 25 teams and, and now they're both playing like top five teams. It would be a very, very interesting, um, Michigan
0: just didn't know what it had yet. Notre Dame hadn't made a switch yet, and I'm talking just on offensive side of the ball, and then defenses are both good. Um, I would still pick Notre Dame.
1: I would say the scoring would probably be relatively similar. Well, I would say relatively similar just because the defenses are still better for both teams. Um, But, I mean, Michigan definitely knows what it's doing more. Uh, And, and, I mean, I I, I don't want to go too far because they did just try to lose to Northwestern last week. Um, But... They've still mostly handled their business they're still winning like those their five wins are by like an average of 28 points or something. they've still looked very very good They're up to fifth in sP Notre Dames on their way toward fifth uh, as soon as you know they get some a bigger sample with Ian book um, but no I mean it, it is a fascinating thought because both of those teams are completely different than they were a month ago, month and a half ago um, and you know maybe we get a rematch in one of the in one of the, the new year six bowls, you never know
0: he I just think of made, better matchups. Honestly. Just made so many Michigan fans happy. Um and that's a weird way to leave it. But uh this is slightly abbreviated just by a couple minutes, you guys will live. I promise I love you. Um we'll be back later this week. It yeah, will um, go longer late in the week, probably accidentally. Yeah, I promise. Love you all. See you soon.